1: co-host of the podcast you're about to listen to just a heads up we recorded this a little over a year ago and back then we released it as a subscriber exclusive episode it's about the 1983 disappearance of 15 year old Emanuela orlandi from vatican city there have been some twists and turns to this story since we recorded this episode so not only are we releasing it free For the first time this week but even better whenever you hear this sound that means i'm about to jump in and throw a fresh update right in your eager face so be on the lookout for that it's an audio medium i don't know keep your ears peeled That also feels wrong. Whatever, let's get to the show. Welcome to Pretty Scary with your hosts, Caitlin Cut, Carrie Martin, and Todd Brown. Hey, everybody, welcome to
0: Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Carrie?
1: Mm, working. Carrie has a job. Carrie's busy. Gross. So gross. What a lame. Such a lame. How are you doing, though? That's Caitlin Cutt.
0: Oh, hi. How's it going? I'm Adam Todd Brown. <gasps> yeah, I'm good. I'm really stoked to talk about the Vatican today. I love talking about the Vatican. Love me some vats.
1: This is a thing. We talked about it on What in the World a while back. Okay. And it just feels like something that I'd, I'd be robbing the community if we didn't bring it up on Pretty Scary also.
0: Yeah, it's uh, there's some str- I feel like the network is a little bit of a Venn diagram and some of the stuff ends up in the overlapping sections. But this one right. definitely also lands in our world. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: This one, we brought it up back on, on What in the World a while back because there had been new bones found and they were identifying them bones yep. to see if them it bones. was if it was the body of Emanuela Orlandi who we're talking about today.
0: I like that that recent story, so I'm excited to talk about it cuz I'm interested in that part. The, I mean I'm interested in all of this, but I like the the new, the rediscovery of the bones part. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. And Emanuela Orlandi, this is a disappearance it happened in 1983 yikes which it's
0: like 36 years ago 37 years ago
1: yeah the same year we get chicken mcnuggets wow. the vatican has to go and pull this shit rain on our parade White do shit. really ruined a good year yeah it was a great year chicken nuggets are awesome chicken nuggets are so good they're not quite as good now that they're all white meat i liked it better when I it love was the like dark meat
0: ones every now and then you get rubber dark and meat parts one. oh it was awesome yeah it
1: was amazing but Still pretty good.
0: Actually, I made oven chicken nuggets last night, oh. and I and they clearly used some dark meat. It was great.
1: Was it surprise chicken? It
0: was so good. Yeah, that was a surprise. It was dark meat.
1: Oh, no, oh yeah, nice. Yay! Surprise dark meat chicken. So yeah, the the disappearance of Emanuela Orlandi. It's a crazy story. It, it
0: it's very Da Vinci Code.
1: <laughs> it it involves a lot of possible players, yeah. and actors, including the Vatican. She was a resident of the Vatican,
0: which. It's like telling me that you grew up a Scientologist. Right. Like, well, fascinating. Like, I, I didn't yeah. think that that was possible, but of course it is.
1: Yeah. People forget the Vatican is its own, like, government. It's its own country in the middle of Rome.
0: How, what a weird... They and have it's... an army. I know, but it's just it's interesting. I, have, I could go on a whole other... This is... I'm going to prevent myself from going down a much oh, longer.
1: P- this podcast could just be about the Vatican. Like, the the... I don't mean this episode. I mean, this podcast, podcast could yeah. just be about the Vatican. Like it is a rich history of creepy shit. So let's talk about Emanuela Orlandi. This, like I said, it's one of the longest running disappearances in Vatican history. I mean, they don't have that many, I don't think. That we know of. Yeah, that we know of. Just the stuff from the Dan Brown books in this. She was the fourth of five children of Ercole and Maria Orlandi. Five kids. I that's a... Have I ever told you my mom had uh, 15 brothers and sisters? You keep telling me
0: that, and I think I keep blocking it out. <laughs> it's so many. It hurts my body to hear that. It's
1: way too many. So my. she was
0: pregnant for like 20 years.
1: Just straight. Just straight pregnancies. Your entire adult life. When did your
0: grandma start having kids?
1: I I think right away. I think she was pregnant when she was born.
0: It sounds like. Yeah. You'd have to be. (laughs) Wow.
1: So she was the fourth of five children. I mean, Emanuela Orlandi. Right. (laughs) Back to her. Sorry. Uh, Her father was an employee of the Institute for the Works of Religion, which is the Vatican Bank. Already creepy. The family lived inside Vatican City, which that would be like living at Disneyland, but with no rides or anything cool. Be like living at The Hague.
0: I'm sure they've got a ride there somewhere. Something there's gotta be something fun in that city. Oh,
1: they got something kids well, can ride, no, 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 if you know that, what I mean uh, <laughs> <laughs> was
0: thinking like a carousel oh sure sure that makes yeah that's
1: a little more palatable
0: you know Mm merry-go-round
1: something mm -hmm. yeah they probably have those things not not so molesty i bet but we are talking about the vatican so it has to be acknowledged
0: i i understand
1: i've heard there have been some molesty things
0: i have heard that also
1: it's it's just a rumor though oh lord so at the time of her disappearance school was (laughs) out for the year but she continued to take flute lessons three times per week at a school connected with the Pontifical Institute of Sacred Music. Ahoy, ahoy. She usually traveled by bus to the music school, but on June 22nd, 1983, she was late to class. She later explained her tardiness in a phone call to her sister, during which she said she had a job offer from a representative of Avon Cosmetics. I need to say something. Please.
0: The Vatican has not infiltrated Avon Cosmetics. Avon Cosmetics somehow figured out a way to infiltrate the Vatican.
1: Right, right.
0: That is some serious MLM stuff.
1: <laughs> Did you know at one point, I think it was Brazil, had more Avon reps yeah. than military I members? I believe that. That's Well,
0: and Tupperware is still huge. I think oh, yeah. it's like every five minutes a Tupperware party's being held. Still.
1: That's insane.
0: Still. It's actually one of the few ways that i mean like here in america these like mlms are kind of a joke which i completely support and understand but in other countries it's a legitimate way for women to earn money without people getting mad at them oh sure i mean it's like it's a very interesting yeah that's a there's a podcast
1: yeah that that would be interesting so her sister suggested she talk this job opportunity over with her parents before just up and running away from home to become an Avon. Yeah, that's cosmetics the thing. Rep. you
0: don't actually have to run away from home because you know, on average everyone knows two hundred and eighty people. And then if you think about it, each of those people own Right no two hundred and eighty people. So there's your network.
1: Yeah, it's just not the kind of thing you want to go on the lam to start. You sorta of need a no, network you need, of friends. You gotta and have a Facebook page. <laughs> you gotta know some peep. Yeah. That's short for people when Orlandi met with the Avon rep shortly before her music lesson, at the end of the lesson, she spoke of the job offer with a girlfriend who then left Orlandi at a bus stop in the company of another girl. Orlandi was last seen getting into a large, dark-colored BMW. I don't know why I don't have it in the notes, but... An Avon bag was visible in the inside of the vehicle.
0: I got to say, I lost a couple friends to Herbalife last year. (laughs) This, to me, still just seems like somebody who isolated everybody in their lives trying to sell them stuff. But that's fine.
1: Yeah. What a bad choice. Like, this was a very unfortunate choice for her to make. Avon? Avon. Yeah. Yeah. Avon killed this girl with dreams of fashion and modeling.
0: Well, the thing that, like, is important to recognize is that, you know, when somebody joins one of these organizations, like, they're, to me, I hope I don't make anybody mad out there, but I feel like
1: we're on a But here goes.
0: It's just something for people that can't, that just don't have another idea. Oh, they sure. They don't have an idea. Right. And it's just such an interesting, strong parallel to, you know, religion.
1: Yeah, especially <laughs> with something like Herbalife. Have you ever seen the documentary Betting on Zero? Yeah, that like it really goes into detail about how Herbalife just sort of exploits poor communities now, now that white people have caught on and are like, no, you're a multi-level marketing thing. They're like, all right, we're just going to go to fucking Mexico and set up shop there. And now they're huge there.
0: Well, I just I I think that that was inevitable because at a certain point, like those companies just aren't going to they can't thrive. Right. The way they are generationally speaking, they can't thrive. Yeah. Like, it's really, I I recently got laid off, like I told you, when I posted something about it on Facebook, just genuinely like, hey, does anybody know of a job listing that's open? And I got so many people hitting me up to sell jewelry and candles and all this stuff. And I was like, what about me (laughs) says that's going to work out? (laughs) Uh, I'm like, I, I, I know a lot of people, but they're all broke. So, right. Yeah.
1: But when you're her age, it probably sounds like a great deal. And it feels like the adult thing to do to run away from home to sell Avon. And that it seems like that's kind of how this happened. But I
0: still don't understand the run away from home to sell Avon. That's literally not how it works. Yeah. It's getting something very wrong.
1: And the the twists and turns this story takes get really fucking crazy. Go on. The police... So at 3 p.m. that day, Orlandi's parents called the director of the music school to ask if any of their daughter's classmates had information on her whereabouts. Police first suggested waiting because perhaps the girl was with friends who drove a black BMW. Uh, She was officially declared a missing person later that day. At 6 p.m. on Saturday, June 25th, police received a phone call from a youth who claimed to be a 16-year-old boy named Pierre Luigi. Hey! It's me, a Pierre Luigi. Hey! He claimed that, along with his fiance, he had met the missing girl in Piazza Navona that afternoon. He mentioned Emanuela's flute, her hair and the glasses that she didn't like to wear. That rhymed. According to him, (laughs) Emanuela had just had a haircut and introduced herself as Barbarella. That's a great pick. That is. That's a good name for an alias. a
0: great alias name. It's
1: not going to stand out.
0: to Emanuela.
1: Very inconspicuous.
0: No, in no way (laughs) does that suggest that Uh, maybe it's one of those hidden in plain sight names. Like, if I go big with this, no one's going to think I'm on the lam.
1: Right. Like how the crew of the Space Shuttle Challenger is still alive.
0: Oh, they're definitely still
1: alive. That's another thing. Working at Shakey's. (laughs) He claims she stated that she had just run away from home and was selling Avon products. On June 28th, a man- I can't
0: get past this i have to bring it up again how is it that somebody joins one of these things i don't understand why everyone's like she ran away to join avon if she runs away to join the circus i understand that right if she runs away to go work as a sex worker in russia i understand that but Running away
1: to do <laughs> Avon makes no sense. It was still new then. People probably didn't know how it worked. I mean, it wasn't new, but. It
0: wasn't new. It was during, <laughs> like, that's what Edward Scissorhands is about. Like, everyone knew what Avon was. Like, this is, like, huge.
1: I I love this detail. On June 28th, a man uh... calling himself Mario. So now we have Mario and Pierre Luigi have both made phone calls. Aye, aye. aye. <laughs> He claimed to own a bar near Ponte Vittorio between the Vatican and the music school. He said that a girl called Barbara... She kind of reeled it in a little. Right. A new customer had confided to him about being a fugitive from home, but said that she would return home for her sister's wedding. On June 30th, Rome was plastered with 3,000 posters containing Emanuela Orlandi's photograph. On July 3rd, Pope John Paul II, during the Angelus... Sure. Appealed to those responsible for Emanuela Orlandi's disappearance, making the idea that this was a a kidnapping official for the first time. And the theories. Now we're
0: branching into what, so this is what we know. Well, well, that was what we know. And now this is the multiple theories of what possibly could have happened at Emanuela. Right.
1: And I should mention, there's another disappearance that happened right around this exact same time. But Usually the case. There is so little information about what happened to her. It's so creepy. The intercom at their apartment buzzed. She was home with her mother and she, someone buzzes the intercom. The daughter answers it and tells her mom that a friend from school is outside and she's going to go out and talk to him. Never seen again. That's all they know about the other girl who disappeared. Terrifying. So at least they saw Emanuela Orlandi when she disappeared. That's so scary. Yeah. And one of the theories she was kidnapped by a group hoping to free the man who shot the pope in 1981. As like leverage. Right. And it's a group called the Grey Wolves which we also talked about on What in the World.
0: That's a I know about them.
1: Yeah, they're a far right group, I believe from Turk yeah, Turkey.
0: What a badass name, though. I mean,
1: the Grey Wolves? Hell yeah. That's a good pick. That's amazing. It is what it is. Uh, On July 5th, the Orlandi family received the first of a number of anonymous phone calls claiming Emanuela was the prisoner of terrorist group the Grey Wolves, demanding the release of Mehmet Ali Agka, the Turkish man who shot the Pope in St. Peter's Square on May 13th, 1981. Over the course of the next few days, more calls were received including one from a man identified as the American because of his accent. What accent? Yeah, we don't have accents. We
0: don't have accents.
1: Who played a recording of Emanuela's voice over the phone. A few hours later, in another phone call to the Vatican, the same man suggested an exchange of Orlandi for Ali Agka. This caller mentioned Mario and Pierluigi and described them as (laughs) members of the organization. Yikes. On July 6th, the man with a young voice and an American accent again informed ANSA, news agency, of the demand for an Orlandi-Agka exchange, asking for the Pope's participation within 20 days and indicating that a basket in the public square near the Parliament would contain proof that Orlandi was in their possession. However, the magistrate who was overseeing Orlandi's case did not believe that there was a credible connection between the Orlandi abduction and the Pope's assailant, so this was never investigated.
0: Oops. What? Uh, I, I would like to understand more about that decision-making.
1: On July 8th, a man with an alleged Middle Eastern accent phoned one of Orlandi's classmates, saying Orlandi was in their hands and that they had 20 days to make the exchange with Ali Agka. The man also asked for a direct telephone line with then-Vatican Secretary of State Agostino Casaroli. The line was installed on July 18th. A total of 16 telephone calls were made by The American from different telephone booths. Here is a crazy detail about all of that. It comes from the Wikipedia page for The Disappearance. But basically every point has a citation note or a citation needed note next to it. So where is all this coming from? Like who is updating this Wikipedia page with all this information? I got
0: to say having been in the true crime world for a while now and visited many Wikipedia pages, there are a lot of people out there that make things like
1: this their hobby. Right.
0: You know, and they don't have credible, they don't they don't have sources.
1: Would you are you suggesting that people on the internet make things up?
0: I don't want to rock your world. Wow. And I'm sorry to inform you, but not everything on the internet is accurate. Welcome to Pretty Scandalous. Yeah, that's actually what we should change the name to. Yeah. yeah. My worldview has been rocked. Sorry.
1: Oh, hey, as it turns out. We do know a little more about the source of this information now. In November 2019, Italian journalist Aldo Maria Valli interviewed Vatican whistleblower Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. At the time of Emanuela Orlandi's disappearance, he was part of the Vatican Diplomatic Corps and was stationed at the Secretariat of State, which all sounds very important. He claims that not long after Orlandi went missing, he was contacted by Father Romeo Pancaroli, director of the Vatican Press Office, who notified him that the girl had been kidnapped. Here's a quote. It was about 8 p.m. or perhaps later, when I received a phone call from Father Romeo Pancaroli. He announced that an anonymous phone call said that Emanuela Orlandi had been kidnapped. Father Pancaroli told me that he would immediately fax me a text with the contents of the call. The caller stated that Emanuela Orlandi was held by them and that her release was linked to a request, the fulfillment of which did not necessarily depend on the will of the Holy See. It was a message formulated in precise and well-constructed terms. That is Archbishop Vagano. And this is the guy who, as mentioned in the episode originally, passed this information on to a superior who immediately laughed it off as a joke. And really interesting detail. The person Vagano is referring to here is the same guy named in the episode as The American, which is a nickname that guy earned because of his accent. But Vagano says the accent seemed to not be American and that it sounded more like the guy came from Malta. I have no idea if that's important. I don't know where Malta is. It's uh it's in the world, I can tell you that. But regarding the text of that phone conversation, he says this. It is undoubtedly available in the archive of the Secretariat of State. Of course, the text of that phone call, the note I received from Father Pancaroli must be in the archive of the Secretariat of State. I don't know if it was ever given to Italian investigators i would wonder if it hadn't been done and hey i wonder too that does seem legitimately shady to me release the transcripts whatever pope is in office right now is that office the popes take office Uh, again no idea anyway that's all i'll have another update a little later for now back to the show So whatever the case, there are articles out there where Ali Agka talks about the disappearance of Orlandi. And he does indeed claim it was done by the Grey Wolves in an effort to secure his release. In one prison interview, he claimed the girl was alive, not in danger and living in a convent, which that's an important detail later. He denied any direct knowledge of her fate, but said he'd made some logical deductions in 2000, a judge named Ferdinando Impassimato. Great names. All of these are great names. Declared that based on what he knew of the gray wolves, Orlandi had integrated into the Muslim community and was living in Paris. Agka later changed his story and claimed the Vatican was not only part of the conspiracy that ended him in him trying to kill the Pope, but also that they took Orlandi as a prisoner for him and that she was living in in a Central European country, as a nun in a Catholic monastery.
0: You literally can't argue with
1: it. I don't know. That's the problem with this theory is it's the Vatican. So anything anyone says, I'm like, yep, that could be it. That could. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You can't tell me anything crazy enough that the Vatican does that I would go, no, there's no way.
0: But also I think, you know, Occam's razor, she could have just run away.
1: Yeah, Definitely.
0: I, I don't, I mean, everything I've read about this story, it's not like, I don't hear a lot of people saying like, I can't imagine that she was run. I mean, what we do know is that she was planning a new life. We know that she was doing that. Right. So now.
1: And she probably fell into the hands of bad people.
0: Yeah. Like I mean, if
1: you're, if you're yeah look, trolling I mean, schools, looking for young girls to sell Avon.
0: Yeah. But I mean, you know, this happens online all the time now. Yeah. Yeah and it's not necessarily a national plot it's just in fact the thing is that's really scary is that, that this happens every day to young girls all the time who are looking for a new life and they're very easily preyed upon and they get manipulated into sex rings and all sorts of things like that and right. it's just we don't talk about it because it's not happening in Vatican City which yeah you know is more interesting than and-
1: bellflower and her father being a Vatican employee of the Vatican Bank, which if it turned into a ransom thing, I think that makes it interesting too. But yeah, this is a thing. She could have just. Run I away. just,
0: I mean, not to like completely deflate the story, but it's
1: just like, well, there's so many stories. Too. Yeah, like there's so many different. That's the thing they don't know. Like there's but, so many different angles. Yeah, this could I guess. Have taken. I
0: guess the point I'm making is that like it. It's almost a pacification to go in these more elaborate routes with stories like this like well right we'll all feel better if there's somehow the vatican is involved but it's a lot scarier to think that it, what happened to her is happening all the time every oh, day yeah. it's actually a lot more simple
1: and it's i mean it it could it could also be a combination of both like she obviously has some like you, it's it's hard to say well she has some responsibility for this but she does like, that's
0: what i'm saying like she, yeah she I'm not saying she wasn't manipulated, but I'm just saying she made herself a re, re, she made herself receptive to this kind of situation because right. she was looking like I said, Avon is a last resort. I want to I want out thing.
1: It sure is,
0: you know, and it may be that. She was tricked into thinking it was Avon because like I said, nobody leaves their town to do Avon. So somebody, whatever, right. whatever Avon she got pitched was not the <laughs> Avon that I've been accosted with on several uh, occasions.
1: Maybe it was Avon Barksdale from The Wire. Oh, five-oh. Hey. Oh, I love that show. So let's talk about the Enrico de Pettis theory. Sure. This was, there was an anonymous call to a TV show in 2005 that said the key to solving the case of this disappearance of Emanuela Orlandi could be found in the tomb of mobster Enrico DePettis.
0: I, with everything that I just said, I'm willing to table it and say that this is a pretty cool theory.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this one, this one sounds pretty right. Uh, DePettis' former girlfriend at one point claimed he kidnapped Orlandi with the help And for the benefit of American Monsignor Paul Marcinkus, the one-time chief of the Vatican Bank. Another connection. Right. In 2012, the tomb was opened on orders from the Vatican. Is it weird that a mobster is buried in a Vatican tomb? I would argue yes, it is.
0: Yeah. I don't know what you need to do to get buried in the Vatican.
1: They, They said he repented while he was in jail and did a bunch of charity work, but still... That's like every person who goes to jail for a long time. Everyone finds religion in jail.
0: I also don't really understand the... There's got to be like some kind of familial benefit to being buried there. Right. Because why does... I mean, I've got relatives that are buried in places and I, I'm sorry to say this, but I, it's not like I'm there every weekend. So oh, no, no. I don't know if it's like if you're buried there, something happens. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Like you get your name spelled out in diamonds on your tomb? Like, that. that's him. Yeah. His name is spelled in diamonds.
0: I just don't understand the desire to... I don't understand caring about where you're being buried, I guess.
1: Yeah, I just want to be cremated.
0: Yeah, just dump me in the it, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Dump me... I don't know. No. Keep me. Keep me on top of your television forever, whoever gets my ashes.
0: I don't. I just don't want you to start going down the road that Carrie did. I don't want to be responsible for another person's funeral here.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. definitely, I'm going to have to. That's too much. I've
0: got a long list of things I'm supposed to do for her <laughs> funeral. She list just keeps going.
1: So they did open this tomb and indeed they found a box of bones inside the tomb that were not those of DePettis. And I couldn't, back when I initially researched this, I couldn't find shit following up on that. So I was like, oh, they must have been her bones and the Vatican's hiding it. But eventually it came out that these bones were not other, hers.
0: Other bones. Right. He just How happened Egyptian. To
1: have, he just happened to have a box of bones in his tomb that didn't belong to him. Who among us?
0: Maybe that was the reason why he needed to be buried in the Vatican. Because
1: yeah. he knew there was another box of bones going in there? Yeah. I mean, have you not selected a... a a backup set of bones to be buried with? No, is that something I need to be? Doing? Yeah, you need oh, to get a wow. you need to get an agreement going with uh, someone.
0: Oh, I need to set up a four hundred
1: one k. Yeah, I need a backup bones. Backup bones for your Being funeral. an Adult is just so. It's exhausting. too much. That's a lot. Uh, so yeah, th- those turned out to not be her bones. So that was a dead end. There was uh, also the Vatican sex party theory,
0: which let's just. We're being a little lazy here.
1: It, yeah, but also again, we're talking about the Vatican, so I'm like, yep, yeah, maybe.
0: No, my point is is that like I feel like most people think, oh, she's gotten <laughs> stuck in a forever sex party now. Like yeah, that's, obviously. that's the first thing that people think when people go missing in the Vatican.
1: Well, I mean, at this age, she would be overseeing the sex parties, probably. Oh, like yeah. she's a little it's like yeah. a menudo situation where once you hit sixteen you got you get subbed in yeah. in the sex party. So Maybe she's running HR. It could be. <laughs> Uh, this is interesting. Father Gabriel Amort. Did we ever talk about the devil and Father Amort on an episode? Nope, but we're gonna. It is. Have you seen that documentary? Yeah. It is. In, I need a sound engineer to confirm to me that those screams coming from that woman are fake. Because, oh, man, that exorcism he does in that documentary.
0: I'm very interested in talking to you about that documentary.
1: It's we should definitely do it.
0: You and Miles should talk about that documentary because he has strong opinions in the exact opposite direction. And I would love. Yeah. Yeah. It's just more interesting.
1: Yeah. It's it's an inter- it's called The Devil and Father Amort, If anyone wants to go watch. Well, it.
0: Well, and the important thing you need to remember is the person who directed it is the same director as The Exorcist. Right. That's a big deal because he, this father Amort was the inspiration for The Exorcist. Right. And so.
1: And the guy who directed it at the time, he said, well, I didn't believe in any of this stuff. And I decided to investigate it later. And now I do. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. So uh, Gabriel Amort in 2012 claimed Emanuela Orlandi was kidnapped for sex parties for Vatican police. And the thing about this guy, it's not like, Amort um, was a low-ranking, no, Vatican actually, official. very
0: important thing to bring up. He's an official exorcist for the Vatican,
1: chief exorcist.
0: So he's the exorcist at the Vatican,
1: and he's he's since died. But I read articles about him that since he died, the Vatican, like they feel like the quality of their exorcisms has dropped. So they had well, this. Well, when you lose good people. They had this big, like, exorcism festival last year where they invited all these priests. Like America's Next
0: Top Exorcist?
1: Right. To come get, like, trained in exorcism. Oh, my God. To I'm their, not
0: here to make friends. I'm here to win.
1: <laughs> to get their quality standards back up. It Where's was that documentary? <laughs> I know. I know.
0: Where's that documentary, Adam?
1: They do it every year. We need to go. Wait. <laughs> Wait. It's, a, Shh. it's just a Wait. big exorcist training camp is there admission i think it's invite only god damn it but we could just become priests oh and be legends and then go to this thing
0: what we need is to find somebody who's really good at fabricating documents
1: oh yeah i don't know where we'd find that in la oh good point. i don't know either <laughs> so to new york we go <laughs> he further claims she was murdered and her body was disposed of this is a quote This was a crime with sexual motive. Parties were organized with a Vatican gendarme, that's an armed police officer, acting as the recruiter of the girls. The network involved diplomatic personnel from a foreign embassy to the Holy See. That becomes important later. I believe Emanuela ended up a victim of this circle. And that's a pretty high-ranking Vatican official saying that. And...
0: I just feel like you talked about a way for me to get my dream job and now you're expecting me to pay attention to what you're talking about i just i can't
1: do it that's a good point so uh, one of the things that has come up in this investigation is there was an expense report uncovered at one point in 2017 as part of a book by journalist emiliano fittipaldi called the Imposters." A document that allegedly came from the Vatican and was released to the public. Two different newspapers published it. They acknowledged it could be fake. But this document was an expense report showing what the Vatican spent paying Orlandi's expenses after she was ushered out of Rome. What was the file
0: England. named?
1: That is... I don't
0: understand why that would be documented.
1: That's a good question.
0: I don't get it. This is the same confusion I have about the Avon thing. I, it's the sa- I, There's a backwards logic to this.
1: But the government, like the U.S. government does that. They keep track of their illicit shit with the understanding that they'll just shred it at some point. I, I know, but why? That I don't know. Maybe I because they didn't want it to come out that they were using her for sex is parties. Is it because
0: when things come out, like... When, when there's like a change of hands and power they need to be like look this is all of the shit that we have going on right now yeah Here, here's every bad thing just FYI it could be but it- why I mean when you want some sitting duck politician to not know that but then there's just a bunch of sin eaters that know it
1: that sounds right
0: okay <laughs> I don't understand
1: yeah like, I don't a know
0: a person that's created files for companies I don't I mean what would you name that
1: but we do know that happens like that's how we know about MK Ultra. Is because 20,000 files got put in the wrong spot instead of shredded.
0: I mean, exactly.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, why keep track? That's what brought Nixon down. Like, he forgot that every conversation he was having was recorded and, like, government record. And that fucking brought him down. I don't know why people document stuff like this.
0: I don't either. Is it like a trophy
1: thing? Is it like some sick, I mean... Maybe that's how you stay rich. Like, you're like, I know it's illegal and bad, but we still have to track the money (laughs) and make sure we're not overspending. Are you insane? What, are you crazy? We're not going to keep a budget? Listen,
0: I don't... We've murdered a young girl! I don't mean to throw the stink bomb in the room, everyone, but our illicit kidnapping expenses are, uh, frankly, unacceptable. They are through the roof. So, need you guys to really reel it in.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're taken back the corporate kidnapping card.
0: Sorry everyone.
1: You're going to have to submit expense reports and get reimbursed at the end of the month like All every your other division. All travel
0: is going to be in the stated understanding of what we pay out for mileage. Right. You're not just going to go to the ATM and pull out a bunch
1: of cash anymore. Sorry everyone. And we know it doesn't cost to keep her at a at a at a home for nuns. What's that? Monastery, sure.
0: Yeah, we've been subsidizing that for years. You we what is that expense? It's what exactly. I want to know. Randy, <laughs> I know that you're a big pizza fan. Don't try to tell me that you were expensing this as a business lunch. Exactly, this was not a business lunch.
1: Yeah, they claim that there are 197 pages of some more supporting documents. Wouldn't it
0: be great to if prove this? The Vatican owned Avon. <laughs> I'm back now.
1: <laughs> if that's all it was, too, My like brain, no, she well, was just legitimate. She ran away and sold Avon.
0: Maybe they tried to get rid of her because she's the first official link between Avon and the Vatican.
1: Maybe she left for Mary Kay. Whoa, shots fired. They saw her driving a pink Cadillac and decided they there had is to a woman do away with the competition.
0: In my neighborhood with one of those. I had
1: not who sold enough because she owned a beauty salon and she would just sell Mary Kay to people whose hair she was cutting. Brilliant. And got a fucking pink Cadillac out of it. I mean, if
0: that's what you want.
1: She was a dipshit otherwise, but good for her for winning that pink Cadillac. Well, Mary Kay. Yeah. Make- what are you going to do? So, yeah, the the Orlandi family, if you go out and look, it's a shame I can't find the article that I wanted to bring up here because it's there are all these articles that are only written in Italian and you have to translate them through Google Translate. Yeah. And when you read them, the words are there. And you should get what you're reading and comprehend it, but you just don't. It's just so loosely translated that all we really know is a couple times they found more bones and it wasn't her.
0: But it took a while to get there.
1: And the family has been putting pressure on the Vatican to get information, especially about any documents relating to her. Can you imagine
0: having a missing person and the thing you have to deal with is the Vatican? Not like LA County Records, not the DMV, you know the vatican.
1: Yeah, that's that's a very formidable presence to have to go up against.
0: If I were the Vatican, I would just work really hard to frame somebody and get it over with.
1: Yeah, you would think I wonder that's if That's
0: why I don't think the Vatican's behind it because frankly like that's what they would do.
1: What if that's what they were trying to do by, marry, by burying the the mobster in their mausoleum and they were like, we'll just throw some bones in there and eventually we'll say that he did it and then DNA happens and they're like, fuck.
0: God damn it. Well, again, that's like a late night thing they could have done at any point. Yeah. I, know, I, I feel we like... We killed
1: that little girl for nothing and put her bones in there. Oh, God. At least we got some sex parties out of what it. What
0: was her name?
1: Anyway. Who knows?
0: Honestly, though, I that's why I don't necessarily think it has to... To me, like, I don't know why they would leave it so open-ended.
1: Well, because they... A lot of time. I think one thing, at least our government does, is they like to... They're fine letting the crazier stories about things happen about... How something happened, like circulate like nine eleven is a good example. Like all the people yeah. who are nine eleven truthers and are like, well, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. It's like it's inside a closed space and it just yeah, needs to it, soften it up yeah. and it'll collapse. Yeah. But very few people are like, hey, what about Saudi Arabia? Like, right. what, what about that part of the conspiracy? Like, that's the part the government doesn't want to address. They're fine with us thinking George Bush did it. The Jews did it. Yeah. Al Qaeda did it. As long as it's not the person we sell our weapons to and get our oil from. Whoops. Yeah. That would be bad. So I feel like the Vatican, once the stories start getting really crazy, I feel like the Vatican would just be fine to go, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. They're already, it's something
1: they would want to cover up.
0: Yeah. They I do, mean, there's just not enough there for them to worry about it, for anyone to worry about it, frankly. It sounds terrible, but right. it's just, when you don't have a body, Yeah. you don't, You all you have is a missing person.
1: Right. And a lot of, suggestions and whispers about what happened
0: especially since she was joining the army of avon right
1: exactly so has anyone asked avon
0: that's what i'm trying to say
1: what if avon's been sitting here this whole time like hey hello she works in our corporate office in sao paulo she's
0: in my crm (laughs) i got a record for her She's just great she's don't worry mom and dad yeah she's doing fine yeah, she sold Herbalife for a little while, you know, <laughs> came back to
1: us. Uh, I do find the fact that uh, Father Amort said that it was a Vatican That's more interesting thing.
0: to me than anything.
1: Especially the part where he said it was done for the benefit of an American working for the Vatican Bank. Because we, we remember, yeah, we mentioned yeah. the girlfriend who said that it was also... Mm-hmm. involved with that guy and Emanuela orlandi's father worked for the vatican bank so this guy would have presumably seen her and been like hey that one." Oh yeah and it,
0: yeah that that's the one i feel like that holds the most possibility yeah.
1: and it's the one that would that they would be most likely to want to cover it yeah up the terrorist thing feels like opportunism a little bit
0: that's what i mean like that to me is honestly
1: because how would you decide on her like how would you decide, okay, that's the girl we need to kidnap to get this terrorist out of prison?
0: I don't know. Like you would I, just, just kidnap
1: another sense. fucking like politician or something. It
0: would I, I feel like if you're if you're bad enough at putting that plan together, you would have gotten caught too.
1: And you know very little about the Vatican because they're not gonna give Wait, up anything. Yeah, they're not gonna give for a fucking kid. Get out of here. It's no. the Vatican. No. They've killed so many people. You're not a big kid's kid advocate. Yeah, no. they they really Take a cavalier approach to child safety.
0: That's just not their department.
1: No, it's not what they specialize in.
0: Decorating, however.
1: That, they're their, good their at. If you need them for a kid's party... Their aesthetic is solid. Get them out of there before the kids show up.
0: Yeah, no, no. But you don't.
1: can get them in there to decorate beforehand. Yeah. yeah. Everyone Who doesn't hire the Catholic Church for all your decorating needs? I know I do. Exactly. So, yeah, Emanuela Orlandi. It's an interesting case. It still comes up from time to time where they'll find new bones in the Vatican. And I feel like they're just like, well, this isn't her. And they just chuck them over their shoulder. No, and don't worry bother about looking. those up bones. <laughs> yeah, who would actually, it's not her, it doesn't matter. All right. So at the beginning of this episode, we mentioned that new bones were discovered And that the Vatican was going to examine them, and maybe, just maybe, this was all about to be solved, or at least a little solved. But nah, turns out pulling on that thread just made this story even weirder and more mysterious. For starters, the tip that prompted the examination came in anonymously. And this anonymous caller wasn't just like, hey, did you think to check the Vatican at all? No, they called in and said, look under the statue of an angel pointing to a grave in the teutonic college cemetery inside the vatican and that's pretty damn specific and maybe that's why the vatican actually did it look for her in the location i mean not kill Emanuela orlandi that still remains to be seen which is a pretty epic play on words when you think about it Especially when you take into account that there were indeed bones found at this location. But they all dated back to the 1800s or earlier. So obviously not the bones of Emanuela Orlandi unless she was a vampire or some shit. And even then, I don't think vampires leave bones when they die. But I'm not sure. I'm not a scientist. So whose bones did they find? well not the bones they were expecting you see the tombs they opened belonged to princess sophie von Hohenlohe <laughs> and duchess charlotte frederica two 19th century german princesses who died in 1840 and guess who wasn't there when they opened those two tombs if you said Emanuela orlandi you're absolutely right but also Those princesses were nowhere to be found either. Their tombs were empty. Not that there weren't bones anywhere. There were bones under the floor. There were bones on the floor. Just silly with bones in that room. But in the actual boxes where you'd expect to find princess bones, nothing. The thinking is that they were moved to a common grave sometime in the 60s or 70s when the Teutonic College was expanded. So, if nothing else, we know the Teutonic College is haunted. But, as of 2020, we still don't know what happened to Emanuela Orlandi. It's just like an episode of TV about Bigfoot. It's never going to end with things being solved. I'm sorry. But anyway, back to the show. But it's a fascinating case and it uh go out and read up about it we'll put some more links on the website so you can read there's so many articles about this
0: yeah she's kind of a flashpoint case yeah and uh find her that would be great i feel like
1: it would be really huge for this podcast if the listeners could just solve this case and then credit Me Uh, and Caitlin.
0: We'd owe you a Bloomin' Onion.
1: Right, right. We would definitely take you to to Outback Steakhouse. To Outback Steakhouse. uh, The finest Australian cuisine in all of the United States.
0: Is there anyone else making Australian food? I don't think so. What is Australian food? Barbecue?
1: Uh, it's steak.
0: Grilled food.
1: <laughs> it's just, it's American food.
0: Okay, just checking. Yeah,
1: they don't really have.
0: I think this might be why I was never particularly drawn to Outback is that <laughs> I don't know that I under, I have a full, a clear line drawn around what constitutes their cuisine
1: specifically. It's just a steakhouse. It's like American food. I'm
0: assuming they're shrimp.
1: Yeah, the okay. shrimp, there's chicken, sure. things okay. of that nature.
0: Sounds exotic.
1: It's good. You can pay at your table. That's what I love.
0: You can do that, chilies.
1: With the machine? Yeah. Last time I was, or one of the times I went to Outback, (laughs) there have been a few since I moved to Burbank, Yeah. the woman at the table across from us, on those machines, you can play games. Sure. And you cannot access those games without typing your name in first. Of course not. And this little girl was playing with these games, and at one point it says, hi, Ava, or something like that, that Uh was her name, and her mom freaks out. And starts demanding that all these different wait staff people look at this device and prove to her that it doesn't have facial recognition technology because she was like, my daughter would not have typed her name in.
0: I feel sorry. It's like she for this had to girl. type her name
1: in. I feel sorry for this little girl. Her mom's crazy.
0: It was. She's crazy. It, it was. That, was that, chaos. that sounds like mental illness. That yeah. doesn't even sound like stupidity. It was. It was intense. Oh, man. I hope that woman isn't schizophrenic and raising a little
1: girl. Oh, she probably is.
0: God damn it. God
1: damn it. This is
0: why I don't go to chain restaurants. I love them. I can't handle the human drama.
1: I love them so much.
0: Rouse, on the other hand. We're going to make a resi. We're going to eat some good Italian Did food. you say a
1: resi? Yes, uh, sir. Is that a reservation?
0: Yeah. Got you're it. Not, you're not the only one that abbreviates words on the You have to make a here. reservation to go to Rouse? No, but I'm just going to make sure uh, we have okay. a table.
1: What if we show up with our own sauce and be like, can we get this half off, please? Oh, Lord.
0: (laughs) I think we should show up wearing Rouse shirts. We did not know this was here. Oh, my God. This is my Graceland.
1: (laughs) We'll bring eight by ten pictures for them to hang on the wall of us.
0: What if we really do make a a huge deal out of going? (laughs) We should and just confuse them.
1: That would be great.
0: Like if we could do that with a straight face somehow, that would
1: be amazing. <laughs> we'll try it out.
0: And just like at the, like on the menu, just be like, "Oh my god, it's well, I've heard about it's it. Here. It's here." Holy shit, man. You, the
1: restaurant's here, here. My friend tried this in the 70s, man. Crazy. They're like, "We've been here since 94." What are you talking about? Yeah, mm. well, but still, man. No,
0: yeah, 94. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Emanuelo Orlandi is never going to be found. Oh, no. I think that's pretty safe to Bless say. Bless heart, no. Especially if it was Vatican-related.
0: I think especially just because of time now. And
1: yeah. Time yeah.
0: has told us that...
1: Yeah, that, it's been a long time. Yeah. If she did turn up alive, that would be insane, but...
0: I hope that's what happens.
1: Yeah. She's definitely a different person now, I'm sure. Yeah. Going through the old Vatican...
0: Working through her... Vatican ringer. Oof. Oof.
1: That's like the cell
0: block tango. <laughs>
1: Uh. So, that's our episode.
0: Yay.
1: This will come out uh, closer to the end of March, mm-hmm. I think, or end of February. Right. What am I talking about? So, uh, I think the live show, in case it didn't, February 23rd, uh, Unpops stand-up show at the Hollywood Hotel, 9 p.m. Free. Free. Come out to that. We're also live streaming it at the $20 level, and if you watch it, or if you subscribe, your money... Goes toward paying the comics. There you go. How about that?
0: It's amazing. It's,
1: it's a show in LA where comics get paid. Revolutionary. Rare. Very rare. rare. We're on a spreadsheet with eight other shows. Hell yeah. Uh, Caitlin, what do you got to plug?
0: Listen to my podcast, White Wine True Crime. White Wine True Crime, boo! Yeah. That and was easy. keep listening to this show. Please. Like, give us some good ratings. Yeah. Also, we have a Twitter. We have a Twitter. We should announce this. Pretty Scary Boo! Pretty Scary Boo. You can find us at Pretty Scary Boo.
1: Follow us on Twitter. Please, maybe we'll start an Instagram soon. Oh, we're starting an Instagram. All the social medias. All the medias. Of the world, right here in one place. Pretty scary. Hey, let's get the fuck out of here. Can we? We can. I'm ready. Caitlin, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.